Christmas movie. Go. Ooh, it's it's tight. It's either Christmas Vacation or a Christmas Story. But I think I lean to a Christmas Story if they didn't play it for like 24 hours straight on TBS. But you know the whole "You'll shoot your eye out, kid." I love it. And he actually nearly does. So it's the best part. What about yours? Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> I knew I would get that response. I just had to. I'll throw that in there. I could say Gremlins because Gremlins took place in Christmas. I love Gremlins. What's the movie that always comes on every year around Christmas time? The old classic that uh, NBC plays every single year? The Black and White one? Oh. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, what is the name? Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Yes. It's a Wonderful Life. That's good. I, I guess like I'd that. have to say that's my favorite because it's probably the only Christmas movie I've watched. If you've ever watched A Christmas Story, something's wrong. Christmas Story is the greatest, like, probably one of the best Christmas movies. I mean, just just look up, just look up scenes from A Christmas Story. It's the best. I get called the Grinch sometimes because I'm the... I'm just one of those guys who please don't play Christmas music until like the week of Christmas. See, I played after January, after January, after uh, Thanksgiving. Oh my goodness. 12 yeah. months of Christmas music coming. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I played after, start playing after Thanksgiving. I've, I've got to that. <sighs> Man, I just, I'm like, just give me, give me a couple of weeks to just kind of, you know, just to deal with it, yeah. Yeah, like I said, the week the week of Christmas, I'm all for Christmas music. I'm, I'm not a big Christmas movie guy. I mean, I'm not just like, oh my goodness, can't wait to watch whatever for the nine hundredth time. See, my wife is like Home Alone, right? She has to watch Home Alone during Christmas. Now that movie, yes, I'll have to agree there. That's probably one of my favorites. See, she has, I have she seen has it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, Kevin, uh, bonus episode. Yeah. How about that? Well, Christmas edition. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Recruitment. Signing day edition, whatever you want to call it. Er, National. I think we call it two different things. You call it early national signing day. I was like national early signing day. I saw people like. It was just. Yeah, Yeah. it's just something. Yeah, something. Different. But it was a busy day. It was a busy day. It was. Yesterday. It was. We, uh, I think I got the early start. You did? Because I went to seminary to Austin Keys signing there at the library. It was at 8.30. Got there probably 8.15. Took some pictures of uh, him and his mom and I'm assuming his sister. I'm not sure who the... Could have been sister or girlfriend. I really wasn't sure was there with his mom and they were getting all the paperwork done and they were on a uh, FaceTime chat with one of the coaches there at Ole Miss. And so uh, I was there for that signing and then I had time to come back here to the office to do some writing. Uh, In the meantime, you were at Collins. Yeah. They had, uh, we had Chris Keys. He became a Hoosier yesterday. Uh, congratulations to him. Said he visited there twice. He visited once in June, and then uh, I believe they went the first week of December. Uh, 
and said it sold him. Said it absolutely yeah. sold him. They put the so fresh, the like it was solid red uniform uh, with the with the helmet. Uh, I think the helmet was silver, and uh, the red and white just looked great. And uh, he said it, it, it sold him. Um, with the coaches and whatnot. And Indiana is, if people don't realize, Indiana is kind of an, an up-and-coming program in the Big Ten. It's not... Well, they have uh, an excellent coach. Yeah, definitely. And it's not just some basement dweller anymore. They, they're starting to starting to get better. And, uh, you know, Chris Keyes, is, he's obviously a great athlete, played wide receiver, defensive back at Collins. I was a little banged up this year. Yeah, but he come around uh, near district time, and I mean they went toe to toe with Taylorsville. If it, you know in the playoffs, uh, he was a big part of that. So congratulations to Chris there uh, for. I'm wondering what the connection is from Indiana to Mississippi because not just him, but I know a couple guys from Laurel last year uh, received some offers from Indiana. I wonder. I wonder what, what that connection is down here to the south. There's no telling. He said, um, I believe, I want to say the head coach is the one who who took notice and, and recruited him and went after him. And uh, they came down here and said that they watched a lot of film on him. And uh, Coach Booth was, was really complimentary of him and uh, yeah, just was an immediate connection. Yeah. So, a good deal. Uh, after that, uh, I believe you probably had the next stop again. Uh, we were about the same time. Same time. What time was? Uh, mine was at two. Yours two, was at mine, one. Mine was at one. So um, after I wrote the story on Austin Keys and 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 we'll, uh, let's get into that real quick before we kind of jump to where we went next. Uh, got to talking to him. Obviously, that's your coverage area, and the reason. I was helping you out with 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 Austin. Is you know I'm an Ole Miss fan, so um, it's gonna be fun to go see a kid sign with Ole Miss. But uh, more importantly, I didn't have anybody in my area. Nobody early. Nobody, uh, nobody early. early is signing. Uh, you know, last year you had Wes Jones. Uh, you had Byron Young sign with Alabama and. There was probably seven other guys that signed, guys and girls that signed a good bit of football with over some golf and tennis and soccer and all that good stuff mixed in. And um, last year I was I was busy. Yeah. Then you had Charles Cross. Right. I believe that was in in December too. It was yeah, Nathan Pickering yeah. in December too. I don't know if he was uh, in your area, but I think Nathan signed. I think he signed in December. Uh, yeah, I, I believe uh, Zach Chandler yeah, wouldn't cover right. that. But there was um, a lot of big yeah, signings. Yeah, there, there was a lot, signings. Of, a lot of big signings. Of course, last year's class was huge for Ole Miss or for for Mississippi. Yeah, for Mississippi. One of the best, one of the best classes to come through the state of Mississippi in, in over 40 years, I would imagine. So, yeah, last year was busy. This year I had nothing, you know, so – all the guys in our area that are going to sign JUCOs and and all that are going to be signing uh, in February. So I, I didn't have anything to do uh, until one o'clock. So I'm going to help you out there a little bit. And uh, so I come back and wrote the story. Um, the story with, with Austin was kind of cool because when we sat down and talked to him, um, me, WDAM, I think Channel 22 uh, was the guys that were there. 
Um, he talked about how uh, he was a basketball guy, and you know, not tenth grade year, he told the coach he didn't want to play football. He wanted to stick with uh, basketball. Uh, coach said he was a long and lanky kid, just kind of fit the basketball bill, and uh, just was able to kind of talk him into coming out and playing for football. And he said this, you know, first couple of games, he was just blown away and how good of an athlete he was and, and, and knew that he would have some uh, some good p- potential to play D1 ball and, and you know, kind of the rest, the rest is history. Uh, so that, that was kind of a cool story to get to you get to you get to talk to a kid and hear something other than hey, I'm just excited to sign and I've been playing football all my life. Uh, so it was kind of a cool and interesting uh, twist on it all. It's it's real it's real ironic how many because uh, I'm I'm a big NFL fan of how many basketball players had successful careers as football players. Yeah. You know you look at Jimmy Graham. Uh, Basketball player, um, I'm missing him. Literally, the name is right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, I hate that I can't remember his name. He played for, played for the Chargers for years. He's tied in. Uh, he was basketball. I think he was part of a national championship basketball team wow. and decided to play football and had an excellent career with Philip Rivers. Uh, so it's it's weird how that basketball transitions to football really well. I and mean, usually it's like tight end or something like that, you know. Um, I know Tony Gonzalez, he was a big basketball, yeah. basketball fan. So, uh, And then at 1 o'clock, I went to uh, Wayne County, had Armandus Cooley signing with Mississippi State. That was kind of a cool uh, atmosphere. You got to see uh, him talking to Joe Moorhead uh, through FaceTime. You know, they kind of do this big hoopla thing at State where uh, they kind of record video of the the coach and the, the player he just signed, and they're – Interaction there, so it's kind of cool to watch that uh, kind of unfold. Uh, came back and wrote a story, and, and that was that was it for me yesterday. Uh, you had at two o'clock. Yeah, I had the I had the Watts brothers sign. They came back to pedal. Marquise Bridges came back to pedal. Uh, all three are set to play wide receiver. Uh, you got um, both Watts brothers. They signed with Tulane and uh, spent two years at Jones College. Yep. And uh, then Marquise Bridges, he was part of the Mississippi Gulf Coast and on that national championship team. And he got an offer to sign with Northwestern State University. And, uh, you know, they all decided, all got together and decided that they wanted to come back, talk to Coach Marcus Bowles, and said, we want to sign. Uh, we all signed together at JUCO. You go ball. Uh, we all want to sign together to go to D one at Pebble, and that was inter- it. Was interesting to, to see how that unfolded, to hear that they wanted to come back home, as, as they put it, and uh, how how they put it in the uh, in the article. They wanted to come back home and sign, yeah, uh, to play D one ball. So uh, Tulane, uh, you know, it's another one. It was in the conference USA. They moved out now. They're in the AAC, and uh, you know. They had a pretty good year. I know Keon, Keon Howard is at yeah. Tulane now. Uh, I think there's a couple more guys who, who went through there at Tulane. So they are set to play Southern Miss January the 4th in the bowl game. Uh, so we'll get to which, see Keon. Which, yeah, we're planning to be there. <coughs> yeah, oh, so. It's going to be kind of an exciting time. 
Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how their careers the Watts brothers, both of those guys, even though uh, obviously, maybe not even as much as you have, didn't get to follow their careers. Uh, I know they're huge in the pedal area and uh, the pedal fans and supporters, they, they really support those two guys. Um, they've had an amazing journey and it just continues to get better. Uh, so, congratulations. I, I, I believe the only D1 guy in our area that we did not have to sign, and, and probably correct me if there's one in your area, but but I know in my area, uh, the one D, D1 guy that didn't sign was the uh, Trey Tuggle from Mize. He will be signing in February. He yeah. outside on Twitter um, late yesterday, I believe it was. I've got a couple of guys who are fringe guys. Uh, Ja'Cory Newsome from Pedal, our defensive player of the year. He has a couple of offers. And he's actually uh, – I think he's actually decided if he wants to take the JUCO route to stay at home. Uh, I know he told me that I think Arkansas State has offered him. Uh, he obviously didn't sign. And then uh, you have Rico Dorsey from uh, Presbyterian Christian School. Um, I don't want to just give it away, but he has a couple of schools that are looking at him, uh, Southern being one. But he's kind of waiting and, and seeing what else takes place. Um just me and just what I just what I see from it. Not that he's told me anything or anything like that. I don't think this is the big inside scoop, but uh, I feel like he's going to go Southern Miss yeah. uh, in February uh, to stay at home or stay stay in this area. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, got a couple of D wood guys, probably a couple more that are that are yeah. fringe guys that might get offered, but you know, we'll have to see. <laughs> All right, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the reason we uh, decided to do a, a bonus episode of this podcast, uh, just go ahead and mention this is uh, our Sports Six Hundred One podcast season one. Uh, we won't call it any episode we'll just say it's our bonus episode i'm your host james Pugh. i cover sports for sports601.com and the laurel impact for jasper jones smith and wayne county and uh right across from me it's my co-host who covers sports for us for sports601.com and hattiesburg impact are forrest lamar and covington county kevin Lindsay. it might help if i turn the volume up on this So, Kevin, uh, initial reactions from early signing day yesterday for our big three colleges? I think Mississippi State doing well. Mm-hmm. If I were just to look at it offhand, uh, I feel like Mississippi State might have done the best out of the three uh, just because they were able to get – Pretty much everybody that they wanted, everybody they were targeting, they were able to get on. They really didn't have many flips or anything like that. If you look at it, um, I think they've only got one or two spots left, and I'm pretty sure those spots are taken. Yeah. Uh, unless something absolutely crazy happens, I really like the Will Rogers commit. Uh, I like the Javon Banks commit from Olive Branch. Um, you know those, those 
Those are really good. Uh, honestly, didn't look too much into Ole Miss's uh, recruits. Obviously, you know we we have Keith mm-hmm. who who signed and you know, that's great get, great kid. Uh, Southern, I was. <laughs> we talked a little bit about this yesterday. Yeah, we went JUCO heavy, and uh, Thompson was kind of pressed on that. Why they went so Juco heavy? And he said because they went Juco heavy two years ago and they had to do it again. But if I'm not mistaken, two years ago they didn't sign this many Juco guys. No. They had 13 spots and they filled up 11 spots with Juco guys. And not saying that, that those guys are bad. Right. Obviously not saying that, but you only get those guys for two years. And in two more years, you're going to have to replace those guys. Maybe some one year, you're going to have to replace those guys. So, short term, maybe it helps others. Long term, I'm not so sure. Uh, of course, we had Brandon Hayes from Oak Grove sign with Souther. Uh That's a big get. Uh, I really think Brandon Brandon's a really good kid. Um, so that's a good get, and you know, obviously, uh, there's a couple more. The big one this morning was Frank Gore Jr. Uh, because Kiffin went to Ole Miss. Uh, obviously, Ole Miss is running back spots. I feel like they're pretty full, wouldn't you say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so don't know how Frank Gore Jr. would have fit in there if he would have tried to follow Kiffin, but because of that, uh, he went to Southern Miss sign this morning so uh, someone joked with me and they were like what are the odds that Frank Gore Sr. will play with his son in the NFL because Frank Gore has been playing for what seems like 20 (laughs) years in the NFL (laughs) and could he hold out for like four more years to see to maybe play with his son Uh, I don't think it'll happen I love Frank Gore uh, in the NFL Frank Gore Sr. but I don't know if he can hold out for four more years but he might try but uh, yeah Frank Gore Jr. is a big get Uh, he's he's listed at 5'8", 170 pounds uh, for Miami, Florida. So, pretty big get. What about you? Who do you who do you think doing the best? I mean, you have to go to Mississippi State because they twenty uh, fifth nationally, tenth uh, in the SEC. And, and I'll get into that a little bit to kind of break things down. But back on the Gore thing, I just want to mention this. Uh, you know. He's he's on my fantasy team, <laughs> so you know that's kind of that's kind of cool. When I when I saw that come across, that that's what I immediately thought of. So I got I got his dad on my fantasy team. So yeah, yeah, I, I think Mississippi State did the best uh, rank wise. Um, I think I think I would say that the two of the schools did good. And I'll get into why I don't think the third did so well. It may hurt some feelings. Oh, man. But, uh, <laughs> I just stared at James I mean, like he says this. <laughs> yeah, because you, you see the kind of uh, – I'm kind of holding back a little bit, but, but I'll, I'll talk about that later and why why I think uh, it wasn't that great of a day for them. Uh, you know, uh, Mississippi State – got their needs taken care of. It was a very boring signing day for Mississippi State. And and I say boring in a good way uh, because there's always been some kind of flipmas going 
going on there at state. You know, there's always been some kind of every year. It seems like there's there's one or two guys that uh, you know it's kind of you know stuff happens and and you make a big splash and then you kind of downgrade because you get one that kind of goes somewhere else. And but this year it was just you know all the guys that they wanted they seemed to get in the early signing period. So yeah. it was a great recruiting class. I believe this will be their third year straight that they will sign a uh, top 25 yeah. class. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they're not done. I think they have, you know, one to three spots still left. And I believe they're possibly maybe looking at it, it probably grabbing another quarterback, um, maybe uh, some linebackers, I would assume, because you, you're going to have one of them that's possibly going to go to the NFL. We're not sure yet, but, you know, there's a, there's a good chance that that might happen. Um, but, yeah, overall, it was a very boring signing day for them. But, like I said, boring in a good way because there wasn't any any drama to it. They just they got what they set out to get. And, you know, more power to them for, for, for doing what they were able to do. Ole Miss, uh, you may look at their ranking and say, well, I mean, it's at what? It's, it's in the high 30s or 40s, depending th- on what site you look at. I think they were 40th last time I saw them. They, they were. Uh, they jumped up to uh, 38 because late last night they were able to get one of the Jones players. Okay. Um, he came in. He was, he was one of those players that, that decommitted and uh, – I didn't think they were going to get him back, to be honest. Um, he was a guy that, that after he decommitted, uh, Daniel, he was a cornerback there at Jones. Um, after he decommitted from Ole Miss, uh, he got a, got a visit from Kiffin, of course, because uh, he was trying to secure that class. But um, he kind of thought that he was going to go to either Louisville or West Virginia or somewhere like that. Uh, his, his I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, but – there were a lot of people, you know, from from Louisville especially, who were just, you know, pretty happy that they, they thought they might, might end up getting him. And then I saw last night where uh, he waited waited a good while, but he, he ended up uh, signing with Ole Miss. So uh, that, that jumped him up from 40 to 38. And the reason they're 38 right now, I'll go ahead and say this, and a lot of people don't realize this, but the reason they're 38 – 40s, whatever, right now, is because yesterday they didn't sign a lot of guys. Right. When they add a few more, that ranking is going to go up because a lot of the ranking system is based on, yeah, how good of a player you sign, but also the more you sign, the better chance you got of being in the top 30 or whatever. Right. Um, so, so, you know, and I know a lot of Ole Miss fans right now that for some reason, and I don't get it, but they're, you know, mad or what have you. Um, they thought that they thought Lane Kiffin in ten days could sign a top ten class. Like, what is this? Help me out here. Was is it this year that Ole Miss gets to sign their first full class, or was that last? That was last year. It was last year. So now you got. Your second full class, right? Now you're able to add some depth that was definitely lacking. Yesterday they signed twelve. I would imagine they probably have at least twelve left. Yeah. Um, 
And, and Kiffin talked about that press conference. He yeah. said, we've got a lot of guys that wanted to commit. We just were like, hang on. Let's wait to February. I want to get to know you better. Because you can't – I mean, he had a week – like a week or 11 days on the job. I mean, you, what do you expect? I mean, it's so much harder to recruit these days for teams who are changing coaches and changing their staff because before we didn't have the early signing day. You had till February to get, get your ducks in order. Well, now when you bring in a new coach, he only has – a week to two weeks, depending on how fast you fire and hire a coach to kind of solidify that class and keep it in line. Right. So calm down on this, people. Calm down. <laughs> It'll well, get better. I don't trust it. He said yesterday that they were still um, – they still wanted to add to the defense, especially the secondary. He said it was a real point of emphasis that they wanted to add to – and defensive line, and then wide receiver would probably be the third thing. Obviously, with Benito Jones and guys like that. that yeah, are, that are defensive directly, line is where they're going to want to right. recruit heavily. Yesterday, they picked up four linebackers, and I know that has been a need for Ole Miss is the linebacker core. You know, get depth in there and having some, some people behind people. Uh, that can come in and, and get it. You know, you had the four kid, the four kids. You had Austin Key, Cedric Johnson, Dalen Gill, and then Jacavier Brown. Um, you know, those those guys are going to be able to come in and and fill gaps that are needed right. uh, probably immediately. I feel like Austin Keys can come in and if they don't redshirt him, um, even if they do redshirt him, I think he can still play in four games, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, that's the big deal. And a lot of people, from what I understand, they're wondering, you know, who who is Ole Miss going to go after now uh, to, to sign in February? We don't know. Right. A lot of that has to do with what Kiffin said yesterday in his press conference. Someone asked him the question about how big of an emphasis he has on recruiting Mississippi kids. And he was blunt and honest. He said, hey, you know, we're we're gonna recruit nationally. If it comes down to two kids for a position and they're both about equal, he said, yeah, of course, we're going to grab the Mississippi guy. But if we can find somebody better nationally, we're going to go after him. And he mentioned, and this is his Nick Saban-ish tendencies, where in a lot of what you saw yesterday, his seemingly unwillingness to want to be at the press conference, it was very boring and mundane. You could kind of tell he wasn't, didn't want to be there. Um, but... I mean, he's taking his time. Yeah. And he mentioned that, how, you know, we're just not rushing to sign as many guys as we can. He says, back when I was a head coach in the SEC before, I was so worried about rankings. He said, now I'm just trying to get players I think can help us win. Yeah. And if that's a two-star, then great. If it's a five-star, then awesome. You know, so uh, that's where that landed. Before we get into Southern Miss – let me just kind of give you a rundown. This was as of 3 o'clock yesterday. Not much has changed since then, but uh, Saturday Down South did a 
uh, SEC and national recruiting rankings in the SEC as of now. Uh, number one, you have Alabama. No surprise there. They have the number two class in the nation. And LSU is number two at number four in the nation. I believe they jumped up to number three. Uh, but nevertheless, they're still second in the SEC. You have Georgia at number five, uh, Texas A&M at six, Auburn, your team, Kevin, at seven, uh, but five in the SEC, uh, Florida at number six, uh, number eight nationally, seven, Tennessee, 16 nationally, South Carolina, eight uh, in the SEC, but 17 nationally. Uh, a good, uh, a pretty decent signing class for Kentucky. They were uh, ninth in the SEC and 23rd nationally. So that's a, a good class for them. Uh, they got a four-star from Ole Miss, who was originally committed to Ole Miss, uh, decommitted after Matt Luke's firing. And if I'm not mistaken, the linebackers coach went to Kentucky. Yes. And he was able to pull in this uh, linebacker from Horn Lake. Uh, so that helped him out a bit. At number 10, and this is what's crazy. So as good of a class as Mississippi State just signed, uh, 25th in the nation, they're 10th in the SEC. Yeah. Here's the even crazier part. Uh, behind Mississippi State is Ole Miss, who was 40th in the nation, but they're just behind Mississippi State in the SEC. So uh, it's kind of crazy to see that because you, you would think if Ole Miss was number 40th, some, there'd be a couple teams between Mississippi State and Ole Miss, but there wasn't. Number 12 is Vandy, uh, 52 in the nation. Missouri, 13th. 84th in the nation and get ready for this Kevin last in the SEC Arkansas <laughs> with their six or five or six signees at 113th in the nation have you you, you get on Twitter a lot way more than me have you have you heard the videos of Arkansas's head coach yes and the yes sir yes the sir I get so <laughs> sick of it. It was kind of funny the first couple of times, but about the tenth or eleventh, you're just like, "Shut up!" It is it just it stops. I would rather hear the woo pig. I have disdain for Arkansas anyway. Sorry, Arkansas fans, <laughs> uh, and it has nothing to do with rivalry in Mississippi or anything like that. I won't go into it. But let's just say they approved me for credentials for a game last year uh, in the Super Regionals. And then after I done booked the hotel rooms because they told me I had a credential for the Super Regional there with Ole Miss, they were like, hey, we had some national guys come in and we got to we give you the boot. I'm like, well, I'm going to hand you my bill for the hotel rooms. Anyway, so that's why I have disdain for Arkansas. Happy to see them at number 14th in the SEC last place. Anyway, we'll move on from that. Uh, anyway. Anyway. On to Southern Miss. On to Southern Miss. Kevin, I'll let you go first. You just, 
I know you already gave us your overall. Um, tell me what this class is going to do for oh, for uh, Southern Miss. So you have you have talented guys. Okay, let's just get this out of the way. You have some talented guys coming in. You have Austin Todd. You might remember his name. He played at Grove. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I mean, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna pull. You gonna pull Kanye? Kanye on you. Uh, just saw this on Twitter. Four-star cornerback Chad uh, Clark Phillips surprisingly flips from Ohio State to guess where? Utah. Utah. <laughs> That's like Maryland and LSU. I know, right? Anyway, I'll Maybe. let you finish. Uh, so, Austin Todd, like I said, you might remember his name. He went to East Miss. Uh, he's coming back to Hattiesburg. Uh, he's a 6'5", 310-pound defensive lineman. Uh, really good kid. And he will give them some help up front. A uh, couple more notable ones that I saw that um, – I think will will be helpful. Uh, you have Fred Smith, and you might recognize that name. Yep. He played at Jones. Um, he's from Hollandale. And, Hollandale uh, since. Yes, he is defensive back. Good kid. Uh, then you have, uh, obviously, Brandon Hayes, uh, Oak Grove, stay in, stay in hometown. Uh, he's one of their... Four four-year signings, one of the few, and uh, then you have Frank Moore Jr. Obviously, we talked about him. Uh, Mike Please Jr., who's a linebacker, they're going to need some help there uh, coming up. He's also one of the guys who he's a freshman. He'll be a four-year player. Um, you know, I just I don't know. I don't want to be a negative Nancy towards Southern Miss, but I, like I said, I saw where Jay Hop said, "Hey, you know this. We knew this was coming. We knew we would need to fill these spots because two years ago we signed JUCO guys. But you've known for two years that you're going to need these spots." Why are you going back to the Juco well? Not saying there's anything wrong with going to the Juco well. There's some kids that have developed more. I mean, just just like uh, the Jones College guy, just like Fred Smith. Go get him. He's developed. He'll be able to he'll be able to fill a role for you. But you've known this for two years that you need help. For your help, this is a short-term answer for long-term needs and and important positions too. Mm-hmm. Um, you get you get DBs who are only going to be here for two years. Whenever you were getting eaten up uh, this year defensively in the second day, and yeah, it does it, it does help you short-term? They might be better short-term, but. Jay Hopper, you plan on being here for four years? Or you plan on being here for two years? <laughs> and I think that's the thing. Like I said, I'm not trying to step on toes, you know, or anything like that. But you have to wonder, like, what's the thought process here of signing uh, almost a dozen JUCO guys and not getting four-year guys? Because let me tell you, uh, we know, you know just as well as I do, James, that there are – 
there are kids that are talented kids. Uh, one being, I'm just going to flat out say it, Jacory Newsom is a talented kid in your backyard. Yeah. And there was no effort made to go get it. You go get a Juco kid for linebacker. When you got a talented kid in your backyard, and there was no effort made. And Arkansas State has made that effort. ULM has made that effort. South Alabama's making that effort. So, I don't know. I don't want to rant, but I feel like that they're looking for short-term answers for long-term needs, if that's the best way to put it. Well, we're in agreement. That, that's, my, that's my problem with this signing class, is uh, you're 80, 85th nationally. Uh, you're ranked third in Conference USA. Those are the good things. Mm-hmm. You were fifth last year in Conference USA. Uh, you were 80, 82nd last year. Uh, so you're, you're, you're close to what ranking-wise where you were a year ago. Like you said, this helps the short term, but you're destroying the program in the long run. The more JUCO guys you sign, the more you're destroying your program. The reason folks do not go JUCO heavy is because you want to get those freshmen right out of high school coming in and develop them for the long term. Right. So guess what? If Jay Hobson is still here in two years and we're still having this conversation, guess what Jay Hobson's going to have to do again? Go back to the JUCO well. Go back to the JUCO well. Go back to JUCO heavy. And you're going to have to continue that trend. And if you don't, you're going to look up and you're going to be near last place in Conference USA. I don't I don't look at him being last place in Conference USA. I, I'm not either. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that's, that's what you... <clears throat> That's what you could be looking at when yeah. you go JUCO heavy and you don't bring in high school kids that you can develop so that when they're sophomore, juniors, and seniors and all that good stuff, they're developed. It helps you out in the long term. Well, It's almost like he feels like he's not going to be there for long. And, and you could end up with the Ellis Johnson situation, which he destroyed the program in one year. I don't think, I don't think you'll... I don't think they'll go back to the Ellis Johnson. Oh, no. That, that, that would yeah. be impossible. You'd have to lose people <laughs> like Jackson State and Alcorn. <laughs> I don't think you'll go back to that. But um, I followed someone, uh, Corey Garth, on, on Twitter. And after the last loss they had, uh, was it to – was it to – it was their last home loss, Western Kentucky. Yeah. He retweeted this. He's retwe- he retweeted it after the law attack. As he said, Jay Hobson is an 8-4 coach. This proves it. This is the gist of it. This proves, yeah, that he'll be an 8-4 coach in the conference you'd say. And it's nothing more, nothing less. And I tend to almost agree with that, even though I really like Jay Hobson. Uh, it's like, I feel like Southern or I feel like Southern could get 10 wins. I do. I feel like you schedule two powerhouses, make your money, get your check cut, and then schedule two uh, weaker non-division opponents 
win those games, have a shot to win the Conference USA. That's what fans should come to expect from Southern Miss. But every, at least for the last couple of years, I, I talked about this in a column. I wrote this in a column uh, about a month or so ago. Is that this season mirrored last season? This season should not have mirrored last season. This season should have been the season that you compete and are in the Conference USA Championship, in my opinion. This was the season. You have Quez Watkins. You have Jalen Adams. You have Jack Abraham. You have Michael Harris running back. You have a defense who was great last year. Most of those guys returned. You have a solid offensive line. This should have been a better year for Southern Miss. And I don't know if you sign by signing this this JUCO class, maybe it sustains you for next year, but you're going to go into two years from now needing guys again. And you're gonna to have to, like you said, you're gonna to have to go back to that well. And I don't know I don't I don't know. I feel like this stuff like this compounded with the fact that you don't go get your local talent is the reason why you see half the stadium empty. That's the way I feel like. Um, I've talked to coaches throughout the years and say, hey, Southern does does not do a great job at landing kids in their backyard. And, you know, we talked about this with Juco Ball. Whenever you had this new rule of recruiting come out and the way things are, a lot of Juco attendance went down because you just don't hear the same names that you hear in high school at the Juco level. And because of that, it affected attendance. And I feel like that's almost that way. Um, I feel like that's almost that way uh, at Southern. Because you just don't hear those names. And you get Brandon Hayes and you get a Frank Gore Jr. And some of these guys that people might know, that's great. Austin Todd. But you need more of that. And you need to be able to land these two or three stars. Uh, if you can land it, if you can go out and be a Lane Kiffin and get a four or five star, great. Uh, but land your local guys. Because people around here want to see their local guys in Hattiesburg. And uh, I don't know if going to the Juco well does that. <laughs> let's, 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 let's not bash Southern all day long. So let's talk good for Southern, Southern Miss. Um, Frank Gore, the name, oh, yeah. obviously is going to bring excitement. Um, but just looking over this guy, he had... Uh, he had uh, so, some some good offers. He had uh, an offer, uh, obviously for Southern Miss, and that's where he signed. Uh, he was a Florida Atlantic commit there with Kiffin, and after Kiffin left, decommitted. Uh, largely in part, I think, more so to uh, the running back coach leaving uh, Kevin Smith, and then coming to Ole Miss to coach running backs there. Uh, then he had, you know. Uh, some offers from he had an offer from Kentucky uh, had some interest from uh, Miami University of Miami but they they never pulled the trigger on it uh, so we only had uh, th- those four offers uh, but at least did have Miami kind of interested in looking at it um, things will be pretty good I mean I know he's a, he's a, he's a three star uh, ranked uh, 998th nationally 
and that's the combination of all players. That's just not running yeah. backs. Running backs, he's uh, I think the fifth, uh, 65th best running back in the nation according to the uh, 247 Sports Composite. So uh, he's going to be fun to watch. I think he's going to be um, a really good athlete there for Southern Miss. Uh, going to come in and, and uh, maybe play immediately. I, I don't know how that how that's going to work out, but I think he could. They, yeah, they mean he some, has the talent too. Yeah, they they were me guys to step up at running back. Uh, so that that's a good thing. I mean, they they pulled in a guy like that. That that's pretty big. Uh, so uh, and, and those JUCO guys they got they're they're pretty decent. You know. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Most of them are in the 100 to 200 nationally ranked uh, when it comes to JUCO players. One of the guys they got, another running back, who will probably also see some immediate playing time is uh, Ragsdale. He played at Hines. Uh, before that, help me out here. So I'm tipping my tongue. Was it Philadelphia? Yeah. Or Pisgah? Pisgah, one, one of the two. Pisgah, I believe. It's one of the two, I knew. Um, a really good athlete running back. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that was a good get for him. Uh, you know, just kind of continue to look down. Got some guys from East Mississippi. Uh, obviously, they're really good athletes if they played at East Mississippi. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, the guys you got are, are great players. Like I said, it's going to help you in the in the short term. The long term, just kind of doesn't do do doesn't do well for your program. So I was I was very surprised that they went JUCO heavy. Yeah, and, and you look at you look at a guy like Brandon Hayes. He had eighty eight catches uh, in his career, thirteen hundred eighteen receiving yards, sixteen touchdowns. Um, had 820 yards his senior year, 11 touchdowns. Uh, head coach Drew Causey talked really well about him uh, leading up to the championship game and all this. So, uh, yeah, like I said, like, like you said, don't want to spend the whole thing bashing Southern because they the freshmen that they did bring in, they have talent. Yeah. If they did with Brandon Hayes beat out Arkansas State, South Alabama, and those guys, uh, those schools, because they did have offers. So, yeah. don't want to just, like I said, don't want to just be negative about them because I, I, I'm excited for Brandon Hayes. I'm excited for the potential of what they might get in February um, with local athletes. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it happens. Um, obviously, you have a chance in February to sign some more guys. All the, all the schools will. Like I said, I think uh, Ole Miss is looking to probably sell, uh, sign about 12 more guys. Mississippi State, uh, probably the one to three range. Uh, I know they have a kicker coming in, a grad transfer, if I'm not mistaken, or, or somebody who entered the transfer portal. portal that may be what it is uh, coming from Arizona State. Uh, it's going to help them there on special teams. Uh, so, uh, how many how many more does uh, Southern Miss? How many more spots do they have? Uh, not sure. Right. I, would, I would say probably what seven. Yeah, somewhere seven or eight, there. somewhere, somewhere in there. there. They uh, they're going to have more signings if they win. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, but, I mean, they got some some hard commits that haven't signed yet. Um, six of them, to be exact. Right. Uh, two of them are JUCO guys, so they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna keep adding to that list. <laughs> um, but the rest are um, high school players. Just uh, a kid from Madison Central. Uh, guy from. Uh, no, let's add another another JUCO guy in <laughs> from uh, Paradise, Texas. Uh, I think he's I think he's a JUCO guy. Kind of hard to say because he's not ranked nationally, so it's um, no, he's he's a high school guy. So good news. Real quick, yeah, just to just to leave the topic of football for just a second. The SEC named their all-decade team for baseball, and two Mississippi commit or two Mississippi players are on that. I'll give you a hint. Can you think of one? One off the top of your head that would be on the all-decade team for 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 Mississippi. Ooh, you're giving me that wild look. Yeah, I'm thinking of a couple actually, but Jake Mangle. Jake Mangle, okay. And then... Paul Merritt? Nope. Really? Brent Rooker. Okay. For DH. They're the only two Mississippi guys to make it on the all-decade team. Jake Mangum and Brent Rooker. So, I I, I would have said Mangum right offhand. Uh, but, yeah, Rooker was kind of surprising. Yeah. But, anyway, just, uh, just saw that on Twitter. And, uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed this uh, bonus episode for season one. Uh, like I said, in a couple of weeks, we're going to uh, begin season two of our podcast and kind of, like I said, we're going to change some things up, going to uh, not completely in a different uh, direction, but kind of change up the way we do our podcast, um, add some, a little bit more excitement to it and maybe make you more mad or more happy. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll have some some hot takes and, and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, we enjoyed you. Uh, appreciate you listening to our podcast for our first season. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, I would say, you know, we didn't do podcasts before we came into this, so it's kind of new to us when we first began. But kind of picked it up pretty quick, like, you know, to just have a conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we enjoyed uh, being able to – to sit down with you and just kind of talk about some stuff and we'll have more uh, guys coming here to, to talk sports with us and talk whatever we want to, I believe. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, season two. As we have begun this episode with Christmas music, we'll send you out with more Christmas music. <laughs>